0: GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business. Whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy.
2: Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to, Uh, Most recently, I believe, uh, we were recognized on Forbes.com as uh, one of 12 podcasts that uh, people should be listening to for um, growing their business. And this is really because of the guests who join me. These are folks with expertise in certain areas. They join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you so that you can get the information you need, apply it in your business and realize your own greater success. Today is no different. Today, my guest is Arielle Schur. Arielle is the CEO and sole founder of ABS Staffing Solutions. She prides herself on developing highly customized relationships with clients so that they can find the right employee matches for any and all employment needs. Arielle has set a new standard for the boutique approach to staffing. Her work model is time intensive, specifically tailored to her clients' specific needs and all encompassing to provide the highest quality experience. Thanks so much for joining me today, Ariel.
1: Thanks for having me and thanks for the introduction. I should bring you along to all my meetings because you sound better. I do. <laughs> well I could just record it for you and then you just Yeah perfect (laughs) done you're hired
2: (laughs) so funny okay so today we're going to be talking about uh gossip and workplace drama uh which i have never had a guest on to talk about which is amazing because it is such a, a massive part of being in the work environment um so if, if someone's in an environment where there is gossip, which uh, is probably most of them, how do they distance themselves from it without, like, alienating people?
1: Um, well, I think it's important to, you know, obviously you still want to be part of the group and the team, but you have to recognize and realize, you know, what are your goals and objectives for being at work? And... I would assume that would be to be productive, to make money and to stay on task. And yes, it's easy to get sucked in and drawn into gossip that arises, whether it's at work or in life. But I think, and I know for myself even personally, when I was younger, I definitely found myself more interested and intrigued and wanting to be part of it. And as I've gotten older, and the wisdom I can share with younger people is there's really no value add and it ends up being only both a time negative and emotional and it just there's nothing positive ultimately that arises so I often tell people to you know protect yourself and you know, start with kind of easy things such as changing the topic of conversation or just opting to not engage and don't participate. And if it still seems to be kind of pervasive, you know, you can either shut it down or set clear boundaries and say, honestly, guys, I don't feel comfortable talking about this, or I have to go do something else, or again, try to steer the conversation into another direction. I know I encountered situations where I would see one person who always would try to distract people and kind of start gossip or conversation, and I would honestly sometimes just pick up my phone and pretend to be on the phone and not even be on the phone, just being like, I can't talk, so sorry, you know, and, or I'd put headphones in and be like, I, I can't hear you, you know. And at the end of the day, if someone doesn't have a captive audience, it's kind of not as fun or interesting. So if you're not somebody available to that, then they're not going to keep coming at you because there's. it's like my little brother, he used to tease me and if he didn't get a response or reaction from me, he ultimately stopped because really what they're looking for is someone to engage with them.
2: Right. So I love that. I I love the, you know, pretending like you're otherwise engaged because it it feels like it's um, a way to not even have to get into the uncomfortable part of, uh, I really don't want to, you know, talk about this. I I feel like people, right, they don't want that confrontation because, do you think that the person who is gossiping, is it typically someone who's sort of influential, or, you know, one of those informal leaders, or is it really just anybody, and, and it's that people don't like confrontations, so they don't want to rock the boat?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, like anything, there's such a wide variance, and it really can be anyone. I do think there's certain character traits and certain people that gravitate towards that drama or enjoy it. And that's pretty easy to see and discern pretty quickly in any environment, whether it's work or personal. Um, And I also think if you make it clear, whether it's like with verbal or nonverbal cues, that that's not your thing and you're not going to be one to engage and participate, that they won't be turning to you with that and you know they will want to find other people that will join in and be like, "Oh my gosh, really, tell me more. What do you think about this or whatever it is pertaining yeah. to but they that's where the excitement and drive emanates from. so it's like if you're driving and there's a dead end, you know you're going to reverse because there's nowhere to drive or you're going to have to shut down the car. But if it just is an open road and there's someone who wants to race with you, you're going to go faster and keep
2: going. Right. Okay. So this may sound like a strange question, but does the, does the person who doesn't want to engage run the risk of becoming the target?
1: Again, I think it, depends on the players um i think that yes can that happen of course and again it's kind of rising above it and recognizing you know what are you at work for you're not there you know yes you want to enjoy your time and have you know positive relationships but ultimately you're there to do your job and to perform and you know ideally it's awesome when you get along with your colleagues and have positive relationships but that's not always the case and like anything you have to evaluate for yourself is this the right environment for me if this is a pervasive problem and it's constantly whether it's gossiping about someone else or then it turns to you you know everyone has a threshold and you know certain lines they have to draw and evaluate for themselves when it becomes, you know, not worth it anymore. This environment becomes toxic to a degree where it is having a negative impact on your productivity or your morale or anything in that realm.
2: I think that's huge. Thank you. It's such a good point that if the environment isn't a good one and you can't get it you know, to a place where it is a good one, then it it just might not be the place for you to work and, and remembering why you're there. I, I think that's huge. I think it's so easy for people to get away from that and feel like they're sort of stuck, but they can shut it down. And if not for everybody, at least for themselves, they can exactly. shut it down. Yes. Yeah, that's really, that's great. Okay. okay. Would you suggest that Uh, someone who hears gossip, would you suggest that they tell the person who's being gossiped about?
1: No. I mean, again, I evaluate everything or I try to kind of the risk and reward. And in a situation like that, where's the reward? And the risk is high. You're risking that friendship. You're risking, you know, then having those other coworkers be like, coming to you, why'd you tell that person? Even if you tell that person with the best of intentions and because you care about them and want them to be cognizant of something, there's just no true benefit that ultimately can arise. Or if you say, I'm telling you this, please don't say anything, that's going to be really hard for them. And they're going to then internalize that. And then it just, again, creates that continuous chain where that's feeding into what they want and you're perpetuating sort
2: of sounds like it it makes the situation it could make the situation worse for everybody it can make
1: it worse for everyone it's perpetuating it and again i just am a proponent of you know shutting it down not engaging just you know in whatever manner you can removing yourself and you know I, if I hear somebody, you know, there's certain signs where it's like, oh my gosh, did you hear? And I'll be like, honestly, no. And I don't want to, I don't even want to know. Like, nope. Like, that's awesome. I, I don't have time for this and I don't care. And I don't want to know something that I'm not supposed to.
2: Yeah. So you shut it down right away. I really like that. No, I didn't. And no, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. So before you even get Yeah, like once you hear those yeah. the,
1: you know, there's certain lines where you know something's going to come out afterwards and you begin to be cognizant of those, like kind of precursors, and you're like, Oh, nope, no thanks, don't wanna know. Yeah, not interested, no thank you. Or tr- you can make it into something funny and light, be like, Oh my gosh, I you know, I've heard things that I didn't know and it there's never anything good that comes out of it. So thanks yeah. for wanting to share, but I'm not the right audience.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Now, so, so do you go to HR or not?
1: You know, I think, again, it is a personal decision, and it really ultimately comes down to how it's – if it's having a tremendous negative impact – on your ability to focus, on your productivity, on your overall feelings about the work environment, if it's feeling toxic and if it's just a constant distraction and pull on you, then I think it is important to make the higher-ups aware of what is going on because that's not good for business and that's not good for anyone. So when it's, and if it gets to that magnitude, I think it is important to you know, do it in a way. And you can say, listen, I, I'm not a tattletale, I don't want my name affiliated with this, but I do think you guys need to be aware of a situation that's arisen and it is becoming more and more pervasive and having a negative impact on our department or on the company culture or on my productivity. And I'd appreciate it if you guys can deal with this in a manner where, you know, it's not going to alienate me, but I'm thinking of the bigger picture and coming to you concerned about the impact it's having on the company, on the culture, and on my work.
2: Got it. Are are there different kinds of gossip? Like, like, are there, is there gossip that Really, for the most part, is harmless, but gets in the way of productivity in and in a positive environment. And then gossip that's mean.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's gossip that can arise out of just genuine concern, like someone hasn't been at work. Oh my gosh, do you know what happened? Is everything okay? Versus, you know, did you hear so and so did so and so, and you know, there's definitely differences and there's definitely gossip that can arise initially from good intent let's say or genuine concern but either way it really has no place in the workplace and it really you know can only serve as a distraction as a deterrent and as a way to you know distract people from what the real purpose is of being at work and you know, this is a time, you know, forever people have been gossiping at work and it used to be, you know, jokes around the water cooler. And now, as, you know, kind of the model for offices and structure has changed, you know, a lot of companies are now more open and not into private offices. And so there's pros and cons to that. And it can lead to easier access and, conversation and things of that manner where you don't even need to go to the water cooler because you're all right there.
2: <laughs> I hate that environment. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, oops. I am going to take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you.
1: Great. Count
2: Accelerate your business growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are... Do Business Better by Damian Mason and Breathe to Succeed by Sandy Abrams. So visit Audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Ariel Shore about avoiding workplace drama. So there's do I want to say this I'm thinking back when I worked in a in a company and we had cubicles so you couldn't mm-hmm. really get away from people and like there were always people just stopping by cuz they had time on their hands I guess or you know things that they wanted to talk about and it wasn't necessarily really gossip but it was really aggravating because I just wanted to work just do my stuff and leave and I and you go between that I don't want to be rude, uh, but I don't want to have a conversation with you right now. So are are there, so I get, you know, I I like what you said before about you you can pretend like you're on the phone or you can put earbuds in or, or whatever. Are there other tactics that people can use to keep people from even coming into their space to start a conversation, do you think? I can never figure it out, especially with a I mean, I I personally
1: found pretending to be on the phone or the earbud thing as the easiest and least confrontational way. But if somebody, like, then I would have sometimes people just hang out at my desk waiting for me to be off the phone. (laughs) And I would literally pretend. I'd be like, oh, okay, great, yeah, okay. And I would, like, pretend literally to be, like, actively listening and meanwhile I'm listening to a dial tone and I'm like oh okay yeah no that sounds great and definitely and then sometimes I'd even be like oh hold on one second and I would say to them I'm so sorry like this is going to be a long call so there's no reason for you to sit here and wait and watch me talk on my pretend call um so you know that for me seemed to be the most effective and you know sometimes you then get up and like someone catches you right when you're coming out of the bathroom and they're like, Oh, da, da, da. And I'm like, I, I have, I I'll look at my watch or my phone and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I have, I totally forgot. I have a call. Um, can we chat later? Or, you know, again, depending on the nature of the relationship, you know, saying, honestly, I have so much going on. I don't have time to, like talk about anything that's not work related Um, and you can do it in a funny way you can do it like you know I love you and like but right now I just I'm so overwhelmed with work I have too much going on I can't even like think or have a conversation about anything else.
2: So I really like this because one of the things that that I say a lot uh, to clients like in different situations is just put it on yourself you don't have to put it on them. You can say, I am buried in work. I'm over, as you said, I I loved what you said about, I just can't talk about anything that doesn't have to do with work right now. I'm so in the middle of so many things. Because then you're sort of putting it on you that maybe you aren't able to juggle a bunch of different things, but it's not, you don't run the risk of it being, of offending the other person.
1: Exactly. And listen, you have to see these people and interface and work with them. So you want to maintain and retain positive relationships, but you also want to be true to yourself and set boundaries. And again, keep in mind and keep your eye on the prize and what you're there for and what your goals are. And like, you know, again, I always said, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm not at work to make friends. I have my private life is my private life, and I'm at work to, you know, enjoy the experience as much as possible. And yes, I want to respect and like the people I'm working with, but I don't need and want them to, you know, I think it's important to have boundaries and to make those apparent. And whether it's, again, with verbal, nonverbal, or, you know, putting it out there like, listen, I, that's not my thing. I'm not one to talk about yeah. people. I have too much outside drama and gossip. Like the last thing I need is more of it at work.
2: Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, So, so what do you do if it's your boss who's gossiping to you?
1: You know, that obviously becomes a little more tricky and precarious because it is someone who, you have to report to and so I think some of the same strategies can work. Sometimes it can be a little harder. Um you know I believe in you know you can acknowledge if they start and be like, oh yeah, that, that must be tough. Oh by the way, what are we doing about those reports? Or I know we have that deadline coming up and I wanted to kind of get a sense of your thoughts. You know, so a subtle switch of topic and conversation and making it like, turning it back into an appropriate comfortable zone, I think is one strategy that I have found helpful. Um, And, you know, I think, again, you just, if it gets to a point where it feels uncomfortable, you can be honest and say, you know, honestly, I don't feel comfortable having this conversation and I appreciate that you're trust me and want to talk to me, but it just doesn't feel appropriate for me.
2: So deflect, well, not really deflect, but redirect. That's the word I was looking for. Redirect, yes. Redirect them, right? Back to what they should be talking about. Uh, And, and if not, I really like what you said about, um, I, I, Um, appreciate that you trust me to have this conversation and it makes me uncomfortable. So I prefer not to.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, regardless, always try to stay neutral. Don't feed into it, you know, either way. If it's like, you know, already spiraled where, you know, he or she isn't taking a breath and you're just there thinking you're there for another reason. And it, turns into this, then you can just kind of nod and like, listen, and then again, try to redirect the conversation, change the subject, make it more about something imminent at work.
2: Okay, so if I heard that, I really like that too. So if I heard that correctly, we don't have to engage Sometimes we might just have to sit there and listen. Like if we can't dislodge ourselves, yes, we weren't quick enough to get on the phone. And <laughs> like we were on a yes. call. you know they ambushed us, and and that and we were in the bathroom, and you know they got us. Um, but that but it doesn't mean that we are stuck in a place where we have to engage. We can just let them get it all out and say. And I would
1: use that more going. for more for a boss than I would for make be a colleague, you know, for, okay. for a colleague, I think you can be a little more upfront and, you know, shut it down in a different way. I think it can become a little more challenging when it's your boss. Cause you know, you don't want to offend them. You yeah. want to stay on their good side, but you also don't want to go down that road and cross those boundaries. So, you know, I would, you know, try all avenues, um, you know, and just always try to kind of disengage from that type of unproductive conversation.
2: Yeah. I I like that. So if I can, I sort of want to flip it around. So if someone's listening and they, uh, are a business owner or and they have employees or they're a manager or they, um, well, let's just leave it there for now. Um, are there things that they can do to try and um, uh, uh, prevent, I was trying to think of the word I wanted, to prevent people from gossiping
1: I mean, I think it feels you like you can, have culture,
2: and then you yeah. have this. So,
1: well, I think you have and set an apparent zero tolerance for gossip as much as you can. If you hear something or someone comes to you, you know, don't alienate people. I would say we're going to have you know a group meeting and try to turn that negative into a positive, and maybe work on some team building exercises or. You know, talk about in a more kind of open general term, like, you know, if these situations or this scenario arises at work, how do you navigate that? Or I've done Mm -hmm. even some role plays with employees and, you know, helping people recognize and see, you know, sometimes when you're immersed in a situation, it's hard to be able to look at things clearly, or even if you're the subject, you know, it's hard to take that time out for yourself. And, you know, even maybe having it, like turning it into a more general conversation with, you know, adding elements of how gossip can be toxic and how it really has a negative impact on morale and, you know, That is completely contradictory to what we're looking to achieve here, and you know, being cognizant not to feed into that. And also, I'm always explaining to people the difference between you know, reacting versus responding, and it's so simple, but yet it's so easy to get caught up and want to react, and you know. That's just how we're wired sometimes. And it's like you hear something you want to give that quick, without much thought, you know, answer, and or it invokes something. So you're just triggers something within you. And when you feel that, I think it's so important and necessary to not feed into that and to recognize it for what it is. And then, you know, whether it's removing yourself, whether that removal can be like going to the bathroom and taking a timeout or a deep breath. And again, a lot of these skills are universal, the necessary and applied and something even, you know, I have three children and don't do something. And my gut reflexes to want to be like, what the hell is wrong with you? don't do that but it's like okay what is that ultimately achieving that's not the model I want to set so I'll be like all right we all need a timeout. I have to go to the bathroom and then I'll come back and say you know let's take a minute to really think about this and you know create a more calm non-threatening setting can really have a lot of positive impacts I find
2: it's so funny because this whole time I've been thinking about kids it's I'm so glad that you brought up your children because I've been thinking about sometimes we have to think about what we would say to our kids or, or what we mm-hmm. would do in a situation where it, it was unnecessary and taking us away from uh, the goal um, so your company so do you place people temporarily permanently both
1: I do both yes so I'll do some temps I'll do temp to hire which is kind of the equivalent to leasing a car before actually buying it so it enables you to kind of test drive it make sure it's a good fit for you and your environment and then the money you've been paying you then are able to parlay that into part of the fee.
2: Okay. And so I'm imagining that this is a topic that you review with your people before they go on an assignment or not?
1: Yes. I mean, definitely for temps because – They can often be the target of a lot of stuff or start hearing things, and whether it's like people gossiping about salary or the person they're, you know, in the office replacing, you know. And I always say two things one, keep your eye on the prize, you know, any temp job, you never know if you prove to them your strength and value the likelihood is they're going to want to retain you because it's hard to find good people. And when you yeah. go above and beyond and you prove that even in a quote unquote initial temporary role, you never know where that can lead. So you want to approach every even temp job as if it was a direct hire and you want them to want you.
2: Yeah, I, that, that's, thank you for that. That's part of the reason I, I wanted to ask the question because I, I think I wonder if it's a tricky place for temps or even, you know, temp to hire wh- because they're trying to na- they want to get hired and they're trying to navigate the whole environment and, yeah, and make and sure have, it's a positive you know experience.
1: they also don't know who to turn to. Do they tell us? Do they tell their supervisors?
2: Yeah. And
1: typically I encourage them to come directly to me first and then put something in writing. And then this enables me you know, tangible information that I can make the higher-ups aware of and, you know, because I don't won't necessarily know all the players involved and right. so, you know, my job is to help also navigate from both sides to make it a positive experience.
2: Yeah, right. Right.
1: Yeah never done okay <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> it's like no you kidding. think you're
1: out of high school and you're in the clear and then it's like yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, no, it comes back. absolutely not
1: right? <laughs> nope
2: nope oh my gosh okay so I, I think I know the answer to this but I'm gonna ask it anyway if someone's listening and they're a gossiper what would you what advice would you give them
1: I would say, keep it out of work. If that's your need, then create a blog or (laughs) do something outside of work, but don't be that person. You know, there's, it's not fair. And it just really creates a negative culture and lowers morale and creates a lack of trust and disruption. And yes, are there little things that arise and are we all human? Of course, but You know, if this is something that you know is part of your personality, then you have to really look at yourself and figure out other channels because it's not appropriate for the workplace and it will ultimately backfire. And there's very, I don't think there's, you know, again, going back to my whole risk reward, like there's no real reward here and you know that's just creating a toxic work environment for people and it just then becomes a domino effect and you know when you have that one toxic person or that one person creating that toxic culture it easily spreads and you know then everyone starts to tumble down and then you run the risk of losing a job or being in a positive environment. So you have to really, you know, be self-aware and do a self-check and, you know, if someone says to you, listen, I know I've noticed that this is, you have that propensity, like take that to heart and look at yourself in the mirror and figure out you know, why am I doing this? What am I trying, you know, what is my end goal here and how can I work to improve this?
2: Yeah, I I think that I, I, so I'm so into, we should always be thinking about what is the goal and then how is our behavior working toward the goal or away from the goal? Because it's a great way to check yourself against. Falling into patterns or falling into conversations with people where otherwise. Recognizing
1: patterns and recognizing, you know, listen, it takes an element of self awareness, and that's not always fun. And it's often a lot easier to focus on someone else and to have to look at yourself. But there is that saying when you're pointing out in someone else, there's one Mm -hmm. finger pointing at them and four pointing back at you. So chances are the little things that you're picking up on other people often are little things in yourself that you don't like, or that you're recognizing, but it's a lot easier to redirect it towards someone else than have to look in the mirror.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. That's so true. Wow. Okay. If there was, hmm, I don't want to ask this. Uh, okay here's how i want to ask this if someone decides that they there's just way too much drama for them to handle so they make the determination that this just is not the right environment for me um do they say anything on their way out the door or do they just leave and how do they are are there ways that they can't this is like a two-part question because are there ways that they could Uh, Try to find out whether the next place they're about to go is like the place they're leaving
1: You know, I think it's Often hard to fully discern until you are Really in that new environment, but I think you can subtly You know make it known listen. I love the work I was doing but the environment was toxic and I really have a zero tolerance policy for wanting drama or added drama. Like I have a lot of drama in my personal life. I don't need it in my work life, you know? And I think making it apparent even early on that that's who you are and what you're about and you don't want to replicate a situation and scenario that you have left. And I think it's important, you know, anytime I talk to candidates that are, leaving a job, I'll always ask them, you know, what were the things you loved about the job and what were the deal breakers? And, you know, you learn and grow from every experience, but it also takes taking that time to be self-aware and self-reflective and contemplate for yourself, you know, what are kind of those Thresholds that you have, and what are things that you're willing to compromise on, and what are things that are deal breakers?
2: Yeah, I I really like that. I I feel like um, it's unfortunate whenever a good person leaves because the environment is toxic, and that if they really like the work they were doing, if it had nothing to do with the work they were doing that letting the leadership know the real reason why they're going can help the company identify they have a problem Absolutely. and right. And do something about it. So they don't run into that again.
1: Well, I'm a big proponent of doing exit interviews. And I actually had a client recently who called me and was so distressed. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, Ariel. Like I think I'm creating a nice work environment but I just had like three people give their notice. And he's like, I, I, I'm at a loss. And I said, I get it. That's unfortunate. You know, sometimes there is a direct correlation to things. Sometimes it can obviously be haphazard and everyone has, you know, other things in their life that arise simultaneously, but you know, I said, either way, I would encourage you to do an exit interview and try to get some tangible feedback and learn from each of these experiences. And, you know, often you want it to be like their last days so that they feel totally comfortable letting it all out and neither do it in the context where you just give them a letter or something to fill out, or you can have a face-to-face dialogue, but, you know, you want to understand and learn and understand, you know, how would you assess, you know, this current work environment, and, you know, what are your reasons that you've decided to leave, and how did you feel you were treated by your coworkers? and, you know, would you consider returning to the company under different circumstances? And what might that
2: look like? And- that's a good question.
1: You know, what might've been done to prevent you from leaving, you know? And taking that into account. And also, you know, general feedback like, what did you like most about working here? And what did you least like? what are your thoughts about the company and leadership and what can we do better in the future? And, you know, creating that forum and opportunity where you can really learn and grow and understand why people are leaving and what you can do moving forward to avoid some common pitfalls that might be a common theme arising.
2: Yeah, boy, that, that's gotta be tough.
1: Yeah. And it's hard, you know, especially a
2: smaller setting, it's hard not
1: to, I mean, I'll never forget the first person who told me they were leaving. I honestly started crying because I <laughs> took it <Yeah>. so personally. <laughs> I had never had someone like quit. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't, you don't like me? You don't like the work? And they're like, well, it's not just about you, but it's just not the right fit or what. And I like was like, you know, this was my baby. And it was like yeah. the first few months of my company. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, like I viewed everyone as my children and family. And I'm like, I, I can't believe you're like leaving. And I didn't even know and didn't see it coming. And, you know, obviously like anything you learn and grow. And now I'm like, okay, the door's that way. Right? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly it's your problem, not mine. No. Um, Thanks but, for letting uh, me know. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know i i do still am a big proponent of having these you know i it also is a nice form of closure i feel like for me and for them and yeah. you know ultimately i like to maintain and retain positive relationships with people in my life and when you work with someone closely and intimately you know it's a real relationship and You know, I don't take those things lightly. And so I want to understand and know what was going on in their head. And, you know, when the pressure is no longer there and when you're no longer feel like, oh my gosh, my job's contingent upon what I'm saying, you tend to speak a lot more openly and freely and it tends to yield some really good feedback.
2: Yeah, I think that's great. I I agree with you. I think on we either don't wanna know or we try and convince ourselves that it's them and not us or you know, whatever that yeah, we I mean, or we just don't pay attention.
1: It's a lot, you know, everything I always see like parallels to other realms of my life. So I'm recently divorced and in the dating world and I was like when I first started dating again I, it was so easy and comfortable for me. And I like, even my first date, I'm like, I'll be honest, this is my first date. They're like, you seem so comfortable and calm and like, not nervous. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, really? I'm like, Oh, because it's basically what I do every day for work is, (laughs) you know, an initial meeting is like an initial interview And a date is, your first date is kind of in that same vein. So it was like very comfortable. And I'm so used to just engaging and talking that, you know, it didn't even dawn on me that, you know, that element can be challenging and stressful. So then I turned it around. And when I would prep people for their interviews, I'd be like, you know, look at it like it's a first date and, you know, ultimately you want to be the one in the driver's seat to decide if you want to do the second date, but you don't want them not to ask you out. So, you know, kind of relating things in a context that are more universal, I find can be helpful too.
2: I do too. That's so great. I often talk about dating when I talk about um, networking and building business relationships, uh, you know, for sales, I Mm -hmm. say. You know, you, you don't get married on your first date unless you live in Vegas. Right? You <laughs> exactly. We go through this thing, so I'm totally, I totally get it. Um, this is so great. I, I really appreciate this. We we have not had this conversation before on this podcast, and I think, I, I can't think of anyone who's ever worked someplace who has not had this sort of situation uh, and, and it's not gender specific, you know, I, I mean, I, I have a client where it's all men and they are the most gossipy people on the mm-hmm. planet yep. and, and, it, and none of it's good. And yet, so I, I totally get it. Um, and, and I so appreciate it. So will you tell the listeners, uh, you know, how they can find you and, and what uh, you know, like kind of the sorts of companies you work with, that kind of thing.
1: Yes. And just one other thing that in um, thinking about this, I had a personal situation where I was working and I first found out I was pregnant, but obviously I didn't want to disclose that to anybody, but I was constantly hungry, but then would get nauseous. So I would like kept ordering food and always wanting snacks. And it was, apparent that it was a huge shift from like my normal eating behaviors but then I also had to go to the bathroom a lot so there was this rumor that oh my gosh Ariel must have like an eating disorder like suddenly became bulimic and I didn't hear it directly until I finally did disclose my pregnancy and everyone had this like relief on their face I'm like what is going on they're like you don't understand we all thought that like for sure you had like some weird eating disorder that you had cultivated and you know you were always like eating so much and then going to the bathroom and i was like really and you know it just goes and that was relatively harmless and i didn't even know about it but it's just kind of something that i haven't thought about until you know this was 13 years ago already but wow. you know I think we can all identify and see you know how these things can quickly arise and spiral, and it's part of it is you know the nature of an environment, but it's always how you opt to face and handle that but
2: and that's so interesting to- because you know people are always paying attention to each other and and so maybe part of it is when people care about each other they they notice changes in behavior and they worry, but they don't want to say something to the person, which is what they should do. But so they just start talking to each other.
1: Yep. And it's all, it's just like, yeah. And
2: I do think
1: there is an age correlation as well. I think as we get older, you just, you've been through it and you're like, realize, and you just have less time for that. And you want to be more, efficient and productive and I know as a working mom it's like I really have no time for BS anymore it's like I'm here and running my company for a reason I don't it's like I shut it down there's no need it's not necessary there's nothing positive that will or can arise from this type of behavior and conversation
2: I see and I feel like that that is Uh, There are two things that you've said that really, really stick with me. That is one of them, that nothing good can come from this. And the other one is, remember why you're there. You're there to work. Exactly. Keep
1: your eye on the prize. Like, why are you there? What is the end goal? You know, and if it turns out it's an environment that isn't in alignment and is becoming toxic, like, that's okay to be aware of because you are spending a lot of time there you know and when that balance you know becomes off balance it's something to really take into account and look at
2: yeah yeah exactly um, and that's okay Oy. yeah yeah yeah
1: and yeah. so in relation to your other question um mm-hmm. my company is ABS Staffing Solutions, like you so eloquently communicated in the beginning. Um, Our website is absstaffingsolutions.com. And I purposely, you know, kept even the website to be more vague because I genuinely enjoy kind of having the ability to work in different realms and industries and I didn't want to have to pigeonhole myself into one arena and I love the ability to interface and have all varying sorts of jobs and all about building you know intimate and personal relationships on both sides and really having an understanding of what a client is seeking and what that culture looks like and on the flip side also with candidates and getting to know them and what has worked and doing kind of some of these self-reflective activities and I'll even encourage them to do journaling and think about, you know, your past experiences and really, you know, what you are seeking from this next role that you will be embarking on.
2: And it's so great. So, so it's all, basically all industries, company sizes, that kind of thing. You just really get to what your clients really need. And yes. then. Because
1: at the merge. end of the day, I kind of equate it to a puzzle. And, you know, whether it's 30 pieces or 3,000 pieces, you know, as long as you know what the ultimate outside cover is supposed to look like and you have that guideline. It just is about the number of pieces and intricacies. But if you understand and know, then the same rules are applicable, whether it's 30 pieces or 3000 pieces. And obviously the 3000 can be more time consuming and taxing and more challenging and so forth. But again, the same underlining skills will be applicable and that's kind of been my motto
2: awesome i really I, I think it's great i think it's a tremendously tough business i admire it greatly i tried it once couldn't do it, uh, great, it? <laughs> great admiration for anyone not, who easy. Can. not easy no um, no i'm because I mean, you're on both sides of the fence you know oh it's yeah and your real. product
1: is People and yeah. people can be all over the place and yeah. you can't control it and you can do everything in your power. But then someone doesn't show up or someone decides not to take the job and, you know, it can become very challenging and frustrating. Um, yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. you also can grow from that and learn and it's, you know, part of life and it is what it is.
2: And it would be boring otherwise. Exactly.
1: Nobody yeah. likes boring. No. No. We <laughs> At least like no one in my, my, my personality type would not do well with boring.
2: No, it would not. <laughs> well, I, thank you so much for joining me and, and sharing this information. I, I really appreciate it. And I think you've given the listeners and not just a lot to think about, but actual ways that they can deal with this kind of thing, which is, Tremendous! Uh, and speaking of listeners, I want to thank you guys for tuning in, and would also like to thank our sponsor. To get a free trial of Audible.com and a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com/businessgrowth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And now I'm going to say and quiet. Uh, and until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth. Goodbye and good day.
0: Enviar nota de voz al group chat. Buenos días, ¿quieren desayuno de McDonald's?
1: Guille dice, eres la mejor, un sausage McMuffin, please. Laura dice, sí, sausage McGriddles para mí. Ale dice, ya comí, pero me traes un hash browns, love you.
0: El mi colega favorita, Jill. Llévate todos tus favoritos de desayuno como
1: un sausage McMuffin por unos pocos dólares, solo en el $1, to $3 menu de McDonald's.